Okay, so I um I after the podcast that I made, the episode that I made earlier, I um I listened to the Bible for a while and I just slept and I was just thinking about um I was thinking about this the 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 movies that the Lord has been guiding me to watch lately about serial killers, sex traffickers, murderers, um, being in bondage and being captive, being held against your will, you know, triumph stories, tragic stories, etc. Getting a real life, you know, view on just, you know, being in a realistic situation, you know, instead of just like saying to yourself, I was in a situation, this is what I would do. I would, this is what I would do. This is what, you know, but actually getting a realistic view of what, what can be done and what can't be done and why, you know, you wonder why people don't do things this way. Why didn't they been called the police? Why didn't they, you know, run out the front door? It's wide open, etc. And, you know, you get to see just, you know, long periods of time and different behaviors of being held captive. You wonder why common sense wouldn't get somebody away from somebody. For, you know, they're even brought out in public and they don't say anything. And you just wonder why. And the reason why is because, you know, at the end of the day, they know that most likely they've tried to get away. They've tried to make efforts of being made free. And they were possibly severely harmed, severely reprimanded, you know, hurt or beat locked up, starved, and, you know, they may feel as if they won't, they don't have a a really good opportunity to truly get away and to, um, to not be recaught and, and suffer severe consequences because the, the, the killer may actually, or the abductor, the kidnapper may actually, um, kill them for trying to escape. And so, you know, I used to think, well, he's going to kill them anyways, or it's a possibility that he will kill them anyways. They should take every opportunity that they get. But honestly, you have to start and become smarter. You have to, you know, build trust with the captor where he feels as if he can, you know, allow you in public or that you won't run every chance that you get. You won't keep fighting him every chance that you get. You have to build up trust. You have to, you know, pay attention. You have to come up with a real solid plan. You have to seize an opportunity that actually is a real opportunity. So I'm just like studying different things like this and I'm sleeping and I just feel, you know, I feel something is going on. Like, you know, different things are happening and I'm wanting to stay out of it and I'm just praying and I'm just trying to keep my mind and my heart focused on God. But it's as if I am being urged, you know, to come out of this to wake up, snap out of it, you know, jump in right now. I can hear different individuals around me who I truly believe have it out for me that they are not necessarily on my side, but at the same time, you know, maybe um, sometimes we just have common interests, you know, wanting to make it into heaven, wanting not, you know, wanting to prevent a lot of this, you know, a lot of the harm brought to children, you know, innocent children, etc. I don't know. But we we don't we we just don't get along. I don't really get along with anybody because, I mean, I get along with a few people for whatever reasons, but um, I really don't trust anybody because I know that each and every single last person that is involved in the situation most likely had a hand in trying to kill me in 2020, 
And even though different things are being brought to perspective, I still know and understand that I only have the Lord to trust. I really only have God. And I know that there's so many, so many efforts to pull me out of, you know, my relationship with God. So many efforts to pull me away from him and to somehow create a distrust within me and the Lord so that they can have more of a, you know, benefit, you know, but what I've learned is that you never give me your faith with the Lord. You never give me a relationship with the Lord, no matter the cost, because when it comes down to it, they'll find another way to do whatever it is they're trying to do. You don't have to do that. And you don't have to believe that they are going to make sure that that happens because they don't have any other way or that just ha- that needs to happen. They will find a way to whatever it is they're trying to get from you, whatever it is they're trying to do to you or do through you. They will find a way around that without you giving your faith away. Never give your faith away. You don't have to worry like they'll kill me. They'll never stop. They'll keep going. I won't ever be safe. Never give your faith away. Show no fear when it comes to that. Suffer whatever you have to suffer through. And I know it's it's a lot being tortured. It's a lot being hurt. It's a lot being in pain. But you have to hold on to your faith in God like nothing else. Because Yes, when you give it away, it gives them easier access to you. What you find is that, you know, it was more of a gesture than it is anything real. You're not, I mean, it's 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 the gesture of submission to them. It's the gesture of allegiance to them. It's the gesture of acknowledging them as your master. You don't have to do that. They're already going to try and torture you into being their slave anyways. And because they even have access to you on any level to even try and take your faith away from you, you have to know that they are already pretty much trying to enslave you or have already pretty much in a way enslaved you. They've enslaved you to a two trials and tribulations that you wouldn't otherwise want to have to deal with. That's enslavement. You are an enslaved you are enslaved to the sin, the habitual sin that you have participated in which has given them access to you. You are enslaved to, you know, just pattern like behaviors that you want to break free of. And so in a way they already, you know, want to have had you enslaved, you don't have to give your faith away. Don't give it away. You you never should. You never should give your faith away. And so as hard as it feel like it is, every single day I'm fighting. I'm fighting. I'm I'm just fighting every day. And I'm just like, no, I, I, I'm fighting towards the Lord. I'm fighting to be in his presence, even if it's just a little bit. If you cannot walk, crawl. If you cannot crawl, you know, slither. Do whatever you can, like, drag yourself. You have to. So, um... I mean, at the end of the day, I understand that the Lord, he cares about what you are really doing. He cares about your actions and the steps that you are taking to be, you know, obedient to him as opposed to just saying that you are, as opposed to just calling him your Lord and Savior and just claiming it, actually making efforts, accepting the word and the truth into your heart and making efforts to change your heart and be a better person, be more Christ-like and build up a rapport with the Lord. That's really what he wants. He wants you to have a real relationship with him, hearing from him all the time. But at the same time, you know, you, it still matters that you don't denounce the Lord. It matters that you don't denounce him because 
a lot of times it's about affirmation and affirming yourself. When you are saying to yourself, the Lord is my Savior, the Lord is my Savior, the Lord is my Savior, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. You are reminding yourself. You are placing that in your heart. You are strengthening your heart to know who your Lord and Savior is. You are, re- you are guarding your heart with the Lord. You are guarding your, your life with his precious blood. You, he's guarding your life with his precious blood. You're accepting him. As opposed to saying, I denounce Jesus, but you don't really mean that. You know, sometimes it will happen. Because what happens is Satan gets to torture you. He's he's torturing you so badly. And no matter what, how strong you believe that you are, no matter what you think that you do in this situation, which I can't speak for everybody, he will start to beat you down so low to the ground that you may get to a point where you're saying, I denounce Jesus. I don't believe I've ever said it. But, you know, sometimes it feels as if they're saying, you're saying that, you're saying that, you're bowing at the altar, you're bowing at the altar. And I'm not aware that I'm bowing at an altar. I've never seen myself bowing at an altar. The Lord reminds me you are not bowing at an altar. But also at the same time, it feels like, you know, when walking in his truth and actually accepting, you know, the Lord, what it feels like is actually I'm really not too far from bowing at this at this altar you know, it's just so much more that I have to do. It's just so much more that I have to be. Now, you know, in reality, you just want to, I just want to just, I want to accept that I really want to believe that it doesn't matter what people say or do. It doesn't matter what Satan want, makes you believe this. this is just torture. At the end of the day, what you need to understand is that he cannot hurt you. Satan cannot hurt you. He is not, you know, a real threat to you. You go on living your life and being who you're called to be and everything will work out. Your destiny will work itself out. But, you know, some people's situations are just quite different. And, you know, mine is an example of that. I went on living my life. I started noticing weird things around me. The more I got closer to the Lord, the more I prayed. I started reading the Bible, accepting it into my heart. I started to dwell in the, in the Lord's presence all day. And when I started to dwell in the, the Lord's presence all day, he started revealing things to me. He just started revealing to me that I was being watched. He started revealing to me that there were, you know, possessed animals around me that were watching me. All kinds of distractions from the Bible. Every single time I pick up my Bible, something happened. The phone ring, you know, the door opened, someone called me, you know, have to use the bathroom. All these different things that are pulling me away from the Bible as soon as I start reading it and get in the Lord's presence. And the Lord just started revealing to me, Satan is trying to distract you. These are distractions. At first, it was just, you know, simple things like um, phone calls. You know, or someone calling me like, hey, you know, calling me from another room or place in the house. Um, But then it started to become really weird. And and then, you know, Satan started to try and become more obvious and, you know, really try and express the real control that he had over me. If any, though, I know he's a liar and a deceiver. He started to really try and flex, you know, what he really could do to distract me from the Lord. And that's when you know that you are being pulled from whatever bondage she's had you in to sin or to, you know, filthy lifestyles. But, you know, he just started to try and flex. Like, as soon as I pick up the Bible, I have to use the bathroom. 
So I would start to use the bathroom before I go before I go and read my Bible. I would say, you know what? I would say, um, I know I'm about to read my Bible. Last time, as soon as I got to read my Bible, I had to get up and use the bathroom. And I tried to hold it because the Lord said, don't be distracted. But it was so much more of a distraction trying to hold it. So I'm going to go and use the bathroom first. I will go and use the bathroom, pick up my Bible, get settled in, make sure I'm good. And as soon as I started to read the Bible again, I would have to use the bathroom right again. As if I didn't just go use the bathroom like 30 minutes, excuse me, 30 seconds to a minute ago. And, you know... I wanted to write it off, but I just heard Satan laughing in my face saying, you know, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. You know, kind of just like provoking me. Like, you know, you just went to use the bathroom and you did this to not use the bathroom. And I'm just trying to show you, you know, how much control I do have over you. But I just never really, I, I didn't show any fear. I didn't have any real fear of him because at the end of the day, what I realized is that you have never done this before. You have never started to start flexing and telling me what you're doing in my body and all these other things. So that to me sounds or seems as if you are getting an eviction notice. Like you are on short time here. You know that you are about to be put out, evicted from my life. And you're trying to torture me or hurt me because you are really, really mad about that. And I'm just not going to, you know... I'm not going to allow you to, you know, somehow put some fear in my heart or scare me out of this. And I feel that he had already realized it was too late. And so he just became so obvious that it was like, it wouldn't matter if you knew or if I said these things that I was saying to you, this is happening. And so he knew it was happening. He was realizing it was happening. He went to go and torture me. But the fact of the matter is that now he is being tortured. He is being tortured each and every single day. Ever since the day I was born, he was being tortured because I have a destiny on my life. I am called. I am a demon hunter. I hunt the demons that he send out to our people. And so at the end of the day, he's already tortured. And so him showing up and trying to flex what he has over my body, I think that more than anything, that was just a you know, acknowledgement of this fight that was definitely about to happen. And now we are, here we are about four or five years later. And, you know, the Lord is still cleansing my body and I'm so transformed. I'm everything that the Lord said that I would be. He assigned me and I am growing, progressing and elevating. And so everything that the Satan, excuse me, everything that Satan had called, you know, called on my life. He is wrong. He's wrong. You know, out of every effort that he had made in order to prevent me from receiving, from finding out my destiny, literally, um, a couple weeks before, you know, I really found out my destiny and the Lord revealed to me a new strength inside of myself. I had never known that I'd had, you know, I was driving away. I was on my way to Oklahoma driving in a car at 117 miles per hour and a car came out of literally nowhere. It was no cars on the highway at all for miles. This car just showed up, popped up out of nowhere and just literally, you know, caused me to, you know, get into an accident three months before that. It was predicted that I would crash in that exact car. So, you know, these different things happening on my life, these these things being prophesied over my life, these things happening in the manner that they are happening in is a very big indication of, you know, Satan's loss that is, you know, very near, you know, this demon witch. You know, I don't even know what form, what 
with, you know, false God name, you know, this demon which carries. But I, I have been told before or it has been revealed to me that I'm calling these demons by their name in the spirit. When I am calling them off of people, when I'm calling them off of things, when I'm calling them out. I remember years ago, the Lord had led me to this movie that shit that said that you have to know these demons by name. If I'm not mistaken, that was the exorcist, the exorcism. Excuse me. The exorcism of something, something. I forget her name. But in the movie, they said, you know, the the woman said, I, I prayed over this demon. I prayed over my daughter. And this demon, you know, it doesn't do any. It's not it's not coming off of her. You know, it gets up, it attacks me, etc. And, you know, what the priest or the pastor said, I believe that they had called who was a specialist in exorcism. He said, these demons, you have to call out by name. When they are this strong, when they when it is this much of a demonic possession, you have to call these demons out by name. And so, you know, I realized that from the movie years ago. And I, you know, was wondering, like, am I calling these demons out by name? And I did never want to see things get that bad. You know, things I asked the Lord about it, like, are things going to get that bad? And why haven't things been that bad? You know, because I know that they are extreme. They are pretty much that bad. This is real demonic possession. And what I found was that, you know, the Lord has made me stronger. He has placed a power inside of me so that it's not that these demons can possess and use my body like that. Like, oftentimes I'm able to keep them out of areas that I'm in to the point where, you know, they won't even be possessing nobody around me because, you know, I'm fighting them. I hear them coming out, you know, of different people and different things like that. But, um... All I know is one day I was laying on the floor in the bathroom and I was feeling so weak and I just didn't feel like fighting anymore. And I said, is there another way that this can happen, Lord? Because I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't feel like doing this. And the Lord said, you don't want me to do it. Because if you if I do it, you will be crawling up the wall. And I was like, you know, okay, I'll do it. I'll do I'll, I'll do it the hard way then because I don't want to be crawling up the wall. I know that's super serious, but it did get to a point where I was like, man, I wouldn't care if I was crawling up the wall. This is super difficult. This is extremely hard. It hurts. I'm being tortured. I don't feel like I can do it. But one day I was on the floor and he just showed me an example of what it would really be like. And all I know is my body started slithering. My body started slithering like a snake, just slithering all over the bathroom floor. And I heard the laughing and cackling of my sister. And, you know, I know that that was the Lord revealing to me. Your sister is a snake. She has taken the form of a snake in the spiritual realm. She may have packs or a different type of agreements come into agreements with Satan concerning your life and your destiny. She takes the form of a snake and she possesses your body. And, you know, I was told in 2020, everything that everybody did around me or did to me. And, you know, so many people was around me, like yelling over it. Oh, they're lying. That's a lie. Saying a whole bunch of different lies, too. So you don't know what is the truth and what is real. Excuse me, what is the truth and what is a lie? You know, they did everything that they could to keep me from hearing all these different things they really did to me spiritually. I did my best to hear it, but... Mostly, I didn't I almost didn't even care because what I was going through, I mean, I care, but I, I just I didn't know how important it was because 
what I was going through, what I had realized was, you know, um, what I realized was that, you know, there were a lot of people who truly did not love me, who truly were trying to kill me and didn't care if my life had been taken from this earth. So I was really just fighting so many different things in the spirit and, you know, fighting towards the Lord and realizing and coming to a realization that God is really all that I have. God is all that I have. So as far as finding out all these different things that people did to me spiritually, it wasn't as important because when you're in these positions, when you're in these situations, what happens is you find what's most important in life. What's most important in life is your relationship with the Lord remaining in it and forgiving people. You have to forgive them so that you can be forgiven because harboring that unforgiveness is weighing you down. It's just weighing you down and it's keeping you from your salvation, you know, at the end of the day, when people will go to such great lengths in order to hide and bury the secrets of what they have done to you, you have to just let them decide later, if ever, whenever they feel like it to reveal that on their own time, you cannot force anybody to reveal what they have done to you. And I know that earlier, you know, a couple years before this, I had told my sister, you know, I was dating this guy and he said that he was he was into Wiccan. He went to the library. He found a Wicca book. And he, you know, memorized almost every spell in the book. He puts witchcraft on houses to rob them so that he does not get caught. He um, he said that the worst thing he had ever done was he had, he used to have to fight this guy every day. He said he used to come outside and this guy used to always fight him. They always had to fight. He said he would, he could fight. They would sometimes be like getting the best of each other. But he said he got tired of fighting this guy. This guy was, you know, he got tired of fighting him. He didn't really say it like he was a bully. I asked, I said, so he was like bullying you? Like, was he, was he like beating you up? He was like, no, sometimes I would win. He was like, I would win sometimes, but it's just I got tired of fighting him. Every single day I come outside you know, he want to fight me. And at the end of the day, you know, a lot of times he was in a lot of environments. I had to go. I can't be scared to come outside or go anywhere. So he said he put witchcraft on this guy to hear about his death. He said, next thing you know, not too long after that, he heard about this guy's death. And he didn't put witchcraft on him to be the one to kill him. He didn't put witchcraft on him to kill him. He put witchcraft on him to hear, hear about the death. And he heard about it. So I just thought, like, you know, how real is that? You don't know for sure if that was you. I'm like, I don't, if I were you, I really wouldn't feel that bad about that because you don't know for sure if that was you. As you said, he was into a lot of different things. He was fighting people all day, every day, you know, picking fights. He wasn't fighting people all day, every day with just him. But he was, like, in environments where he was fighting and putting himself in, like, you know, the way it is, it's like, and I'm not trying to make excuses for anybody. All I'm saying is that when you're out here fighting, anything can happen in a split second. I was taught that always growing up. You have to be careful. Somebody can pull out a gun. Somebody can pull out a knife. You can literally just be fighting with your hands. And you can hit somebody's head too hard and they can just die. For years, the Lord had guided me against fighting because of that. He literally showed me a vision of me killing somebody with my bare hands, just punching them too hard because I was too angry. And I always was ready to fight. And he called me out of that. And I, you know, received forgiveness. And I, you know, let these things go. 
And, you know, not only that, you know, just growing up, the Lord will always warn me against that. Like, you have to be careful. These things can happen. And I remember when I was in middle school, the Lord kept telling me every day. He said, listen, you're always ready to fight. You're always ready to fight. You don't understand how dangerous that is. In a split second, somebody's life can be took. You think it's not that serious. You think it's just a fight. In a split second, somebody's life can be took. Somebody can die. You need to understand how serious this is, and you need not to fight. He warned me of this for years, not to put my hands on people. For no reason. It doesn't matter if they provoked you or put their hands on you first. You just do not fist fight. Don't fight. I remember he kept warning me about this for years around this time. And around this time, I knew that he was warning my sister the same thing. Both of us, we were always ready for a fight. And all I know was, you know, this girl wound up dead the same way that the Lord said that what it would happen. He had been warning us for years. He said, you know, you can that can really happen. Don't think it cannot be you. And he kept warning us. And all I know is this girl wound up dead one day. She was... um part of a crowd my sister even knew her in in high school and they went to fight and this girl she had some sort of heart issue or problem or something and the girl got up from you know beating her and fighting her and she never got up the girl never got up she died that day so this stuff is really real this stuff these warnings aren't just you know to ruin all the fun or to you know being too paranoid or being you know you don't want to you know, feeling as if these things can't ever happen to you because you just got to be, you know, you know, being real careful. But I just know that um, he warns us about these things for a reason. He warns us about this stuff for a reason. And he had been warning me years about the fighting. He had been warning me years about these different things. And so with these things happening, you know, um, when God did that, when he showed me that that girl got, you know, that girl died, you know, at a fist fight, I knew he was talking to me. I knew he was talking to me. I didn't know the girl, but I knew my sister knew the girl and everybody was talking about it. And it just didn't feel like a big deal. And I'm like, why doesn't it feel like a big deal? Like I wanted to cry. And it's like, spiritually, I feel like crying so bad, but like, you know, at the end of the day, I couldn't cry because I didn't know her. I was hard-hearted. And the Lord was telling me, he was trying to show me that, like, you are not even reacting how you should be reacting. You're not taking things as serious as you should be taking them. And I just wonder what really was going on around these around these years because so much stuff was revealed in that time. A lot of the warnings that the Lord was telling me about, they were happening. People were coming up missing. You know, guys, it seemed like they were being, you know, really really demented like I don't know what it was but in this area like a lot of guys were really demented like in this area in these schools it was a lot of a homosexual activity and I was just like you know it's so weird because it's like you don't want to believe that people are being this way because they are like wicked and just trying to somehow turn you but you will start to notice it like the more that you will Re- reject certain advances and the more that you will you know not want to do things a certain way you know the more that they will want you to do it like they're trying to turn you out and that was even this saying people would say people always come here people always come to warrensville and get turned out boys and girls they always getting turned out here 
And then there was like this, even this thing where it's like all the warnings that the Lord gave, like they was facing all the plagues or something. Because I remember, um, there was this, um, there was this story they always talking about. There was all in middle school and this little girl sent this guy a naked picture of herself. This guy sent everybody in the high school and everybody in the middle school. They all got charged with, you know, you know, child sex pornography. And now they have to register as sex offenders for the rest of their lives. And this stuff is warned. Like these, these are warnings. This stuff really just, you know, God was always warning about these different things. Never send somebody naked picture of you. Y'all all can be registered sex offenders for the rest of y'all lives for something as simple as that. And yes, you can explain it to the people who will try and hear you, but a lot of people won't even want to hear it. They'll just stay away from you. They'll see you on the sex register, the sex offender registration, and they will just stay away from you. They will not trust you. They will judge you. They won't even ask. So. That kind of stuff is just like, it's sad and it's crazy because like people's lives are being ruined, risks, etc. So much stuff used to happen around this time over here. And it's amazing that in the process of the situation, what had happened was I saw that we were all in this home in Warrensville with my mother protecting us all. And there was a big, dark, black, demonic figure. And this demonic figure was like, trying to pull us away from home kept trying to pull us out of our home and our home was like protected like it was like there was a a, a, a circle or a, just like a shield of protection around our entire home and each and every single last one of us and I remember the Lord kept saying don't go out of the driveway don't go don't go and every single time I would take more steps towards it or take another step out it's like the Lord was like you, you're testing you're really testing me you're testing you know, you know, the patience, you know, patience, you're testing Dolores patience, but also there was like this vision of my, my brothers and sisters, they was all fighting, you know, they were all screaming, stop, don't listen to him, we're not trying to hurt you, we have your back, we love you, we're fighting for you, don't listen to him, listen to us, can't you hear us, we're all talking to you, and they was all just fighting for me so desperately, but I knew that it was something on my back, something standing over me covering my ears it was a dark figure and you know when I when they finally fought this figure off of me I saw my brother my my younger brother he was glowing he was shining everybody always used to see him like a beacon of light he was always so lucky he would just escape situations just by the grace of God and he was you know pure he was one of the pure you know, more pure hearted ones, no matter how bad he was or how bad he, you know, no matter how much he get into, he was still so pure hearted. That's kind of just how he always was. And I saw him and he was shining like a beacon of light. And he pulled me out. Like he pulled me out of this like darkness that was covering my ears and keeping me from hearing them fighting for me. And then I looked across the street and I saw this black, dark, figure and this figure was just standing you know across the street couldn't come back on our side of the street anymore because of the shield of protection on our house so you know I kept seeing ourselves in visions at his house this was like our safe space where my mother was you know focusing very hard to protect and cover our minds to keep us from falling into this strong deception and being you know um being deceived by Satan and 
in into anything, any direction that makes us, you know, cut, turn against each other or sell each other or sacrifice each other or try to kill each other or leave each other or give up on each other. She's keeping us fighting for each other. She's keeping us focused. She's keeping us knowing who the Lord is. And when I saw that dark figure across the street, I wonder who it was. Some of them said it was your brother. It was my oldest, my oldest brother on my mother's side. Others said that it was actually NBA Youngboy. And I don't know, but, you know, it was just a slim figure. And he was around, like, five. He was six foot at the tallest. He was around, like, five nine to five eleven to six foot. That's it. But um, he would stand with his head kind of down. And his slim figure would kind of lean a little forward. Kind of reminded me of a backward seven. But, um... I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know who that was. And I didn't know why they were attacking our family so heavily. But when it came down to it, what I realized was, you know, it helps for me to focus. It helps for all of us to focus and never lose sight of how important family is. Like our parents have always told us, it's so important to never lose sight of family, the world would do you way worse than family will ever do you. No matter how fa- no matter how bad family can get, you know the world will do you so much worse. You have to hold on to family. They're all you ever got. When you go off into this world and you think that you can believe in or trust anybody else out in this world, family is all you have when it's all said and done. So all I know is um. I was trying to, I was doing everything that, I, everything that I've learned, I've noticed that that's just something I have to accept. And, you know, I heard my brother say after the, you know, after the day I found my destiny, he said, you just have to accept everything that comes with us. That's just what it is. You got to accept everything that comes with us with your family. And I was just like, I can't accept everything that comes with y'all. If y'all don't want me to have my destiny, if y'all don't want me to praise the Lord and choose God over y'all, if y'all do not want me to you know, be all that I'm called to be in God, and y'all cannot accept who God has called me to be, I will not be able to accept that. I cannot accept that. I can't give up my destiny in God for nothing or nobody. I love y'all more than life itself. Oftentimes, y'all are my will to live. But at the end of the day, when God says choose him over even your family, that's for a reason. That's because Satan can use your family. Oftentimes, Satan will try and possess your family to pull you away from the lord it's not their fault satan is crafty he's an old lying serpent it's not our fault that we are deceived by him but at the end of the day that's why you need to choose god over everybody in your life because he can never possess god he can never beat god he can never control god he can be trusted so i choose god for my family if i ever was to choose my family over god well, what happened is they would never they wouldn't have the real protection that they needed we can't protect each other better than god can protect us so you know that's something that i just that's just been brought into perspective lately you know somebody that i feel that i've connected with lately i've connected with them better than what it feels like the lord has even shown me about somebody the lord has given me a word maybe on nba young boy and in the process of the situation when it felt like everybody was trying to kill me everybody left me hanging to die this person walked up to me and said no you're not this person it's okay you know and just like everything flashed before our eyes 
And I really felt like we connected. He stayed with me. He cried with me. And I felt like it was real. But now I just feel like a big joke because I feel like he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Like he is always having, you know, sexual encounters with my sister and my face or somehow trying to torture me all day, every day when I'm trying to be in a God and when I'm trying to be in the Lord's presence, he's having sexual encounters with my sister trying to torture me. He always trying to get me to choose him over God. He's always trying to choose somebody else over me in order to torture me. He's always trying to, you know. He's always lying to my face as if he really has my back while he abuses me. He really just tortures me for absolutely no reason. And I don't know if these are actually being, like, you're actually being hit or somebody's actually putting their hands on you spiritually. But if so, that's what he's doing. He's always abusing me spiritually. And it's extremely sad to me because I feel like, you know, I would have never asked to ever be in, you know, a situation like this or anything like that. He's always saying, you know, he's never letting me think of a future without him. He's never letting me, you know, be free. He's always wanting to attack everybody who I connect with, you know, outside of him. He's never wanting to let me be free in God without him. He's always trying to take control of the power that the Lord has given me and call it his own as if he really can take my power from me. And it feels as if he's He's used me for my power. I've even heard conversations as they stood over me. I laid there almost lifeless, twitching, trying to get up. They stood over my body and they talked about saying him and LeBron stuck standing over my body and they was stuck. They was in they was I don't know if it was him and LeBron, but it was him and they it was him and somebody else and they were both in, you know, hoods and it was dark and it was nobody's face showing. And it was dark. It was deep voices. They were standing over my body and they both was talking about, you know, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. And I remember he said, but what about, you know, that little piece or portion when it was like, you know, it was looking like things, some, some, some. I know what they was talking about for a second. It, these things are breaking off of me and it was looking like I was going to be made free. He was like, what about that? Death started getting, you know, he's, he's, he freaked out a little bit. He was like, um, I don't care. It's, it's, it's going to happen. I said it's going to happen. You know, he kind of freaked out a little bit. He got a little frantic or antsy about it. And I was like, you know, he still seems really confident that it's going to happen that way. But I'm so confident that the Lord will deliver me. I'm really confident that God will deliver me, that he will not allow, you know, these dark spirits to drag my soul down to hell. But I also have to help him. I have to get up. I have to be obedient. I have to do what I need to do. I have to understand that it takes effort on my part. It can't just happen for me. So, um... All this being said, you know, I think that these are the things that are benefiting, you know, my future. These are the things that are benefiting my future and me, you know, actually, you know, pro prospering in the Lord. There are different individuals who are coming around me that are doing different things that are up to all kinds of different things. They are praying on me. They are praying on the progress. They are trying to tear down a lot of the different things that I have built in the Lord. I know what I have to do. They want me to forget all that I have to do in the Lord so that I can never get back up again. At the end of the day, the Lord's giving me a prophecy. He said what will happen. He said it's done. I've done it, you know. But if, of course, this is already done, then why does it feel like I'm still having to do it? You know, are the things that I'm doing right now even really necessary is the big question. And then I noticed that there's this different, something that was just, you know, real, revealed to me earlier. There's this special gift I've had, 
you know, ever since I was younger. And it's the gift to feel other people's pain. When somebody is shot, I can think and I can put it in my body. Like, I can really feel it in my body what it feels like to be shot. When somebody's stabbed, I can really feel in my body what it feels like to be stabbed. And what I've noticed in this process a few times is that when I focus that feeling on whatever this is that's possessing my body, it starts to die. It dies. So my sympathy, my empathy for other people's pain is what's possibly going to end up killing or taking out what this demon that has possessed my, possessed my body and trying to take me out and off this earth. Because it's trying to get me to kill myself every day. And it's trying to make a home and a house in my body. You know, but, you know, so why, why aren't I practicing that? Well, the reason I'm not practicing that is because meanwhile, while I'm practicing that, what Satan is trying to do is take off of my destiny. He's running around each and every, all the other things that the Lord has promised me. The Lord has promised me wisdom and everything else that my heart desires. Satan is trying to split all of my split my destiny up. You know, he's trying to take off with pieces and portions of my destiny so that, I, you know, cannot, you know, have everything so that I can end up one of those people who, who bailed too quick or bailed too soon, who couldn't wait on the Lord. And, you know, I don't end up with everything that the Lord has called for me to have. And it seemed like, well, if people have bailed too soon and bailed on the Lord and they didn't get everything that they was called to have because they couldn't wait on the Lord, then how does that make sense that Satan can't stop your destiny? Because it sounds as if he stopped theirs. But maybe it's about them them allowing him to. But not only that, the fact that, you know, ultimately, you know, he never really did. In a way, and I hate how messed up it really sounds, but it's like, if, of course, your destiny ends up, in a, if, if, of course, your destiny is you ending up with whatever it is that you end up, that was your destiny to begin with, I guess. I don't know. I don't believe that he truly can ever stop your destiny. So how, of course, is he stopping destinies? You know, how, of course, does he still feel like he can or he's so confident that he will be able to stop my destiny? Of course, he can't. That's something I'm still trying to figure out. So, um, either way it go. You know, I know that I cannot give up on my family, but why my family is never part of my future. I've seen a prophecy on my life with this individual, but I know that my future can never consist of this individual. This individual plays in my face all day. They have proposed to, I don't know how many different girls. They have all these different outside children. They are obviously associated with a lot of these different, you know, dark 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 realm powers etc it feels as if they're trying to get me to sell my soul to them trying to get me to choose them over the lord and not only that other prophets have prophesied that they possibly will be shot dead in the middle of the street really soon and not only that you know the lord has said that the rapture is going to happen in our lifetime so it doesn't even make sense the future that that they even participate in it's so many things not pointing that direction doesn't make sense or add up but also at the same time it's like i've never seen a vision ever be that real before i've never seen my future predicted like that and the lord was very prevalent in that vision he was in the vision. The the heaven was open above me. Heaven was open. I was the woman of God. I've always, you know, dreamed of being. 
even as a little girl. And God showed me five years ago this same version of myself. I was the, I was her spiritually, you know, mentally. I was her, you know, but physically I was totally different. Emotionally, I was her, you know, but a lot of different things about myself that were totally different. My family wasn't there because they had betrayed me greatly. But at the end of the day, I, I just, what I still haven't understood ever since the vision is that I still would never give up my family. And you could say, you're yeah, right. You say you won't give up on your family, but, you know, maybe you just will. But at the end of the day, you know, how is that possible when, of course, you know, what it comes down to is that I'm still here fighting for my family. Even if they throw me under the bus, even if they try and hurt me, even if they're trying to, you know, turn me over to Satan in order to keep me from my destiny, I'm still here fighting for them. And there's been way too many visions and indications of, you know, them fighting for me too. I think that the real... The, the Lord has given me spirit of wisdom and discernment. He told me to exercise it correctly. And I think at the end of the day, the real was really needed in order to exercise the spirit of wisdom and, dis- and discernment correctly is to know the difference between real love and fake love outside of God's love. Because, yes, you know, they don't love you if they don't want to see you have your destiny in God. But both sides have done that. This individual you know, doesn't, it seems like it's trying to get me to choose him over God. It's extremely toxic and abusive and, you know, selfish and would take my, my destiny and take my power just without me. If they could, they would kill me. They would, they wouldn't care if I died, if they could just have my power. So it feels like they're just trying to use me to the day that I die for my power. And excuse me, some other people may see that as love. But I don't. But my family is doing the same thing. And my family has been doing this ever since I was born. They have been they know they have been knowingly spiritually feeding and living off my power. They never told me. I never knew that they all had witchcraft on me. I never knew that they were doing these different things to me spiritually. I never knew that they took my ability to have children. And that's possibly something that they used to fund or fuel something in their lives spiritually with witchcraft. I never knew that, you know, they, you know, were trying to get me to kill myself. I never knew they were trying to steal my body ever since I was 12 years old. My family has been doing these things to me for years. And this individual shows up and they want to do the same thing to me for the rest of my life. But my brother steps in and says, I may have done all those things, but I will never let that happen to you, though. I will never let you end up in an abusive relationship for the rest of your life, being used for your power, abandoning a family and having nobody but this individual who does not even care for you, wouldn't care if you was dead on the street as long as they could have whatever they wanted from you. And so what is confusing to me is like, what do you do at that point? Obviously, you choose God because that means nobody loves you. Your family doesn't love you because they would actually have been willing to lose you in the process of this in order to keep you from finding out all that they had done to you. They would really have tried to, they would really have, you know, been willing to kill you, you know, 
But at the same time, feeling as if they secretly fought for me. I don't know. But then on the other end, it's this individual who showed up in the process. And he just doesn't seem much different from my family. He doesn't seem much different from my family. You know, he cares about a lot of things they care about. He's abusive and everything. But a lot of times he just, he sees things a lot of those same ways that they see it or I see it. You know, maybe even connecting on that level in certain ways. But it's just frustrating to me. I don't know. This is what the spirit of wisdom and discernment is to be exercised for. This is what it's to be used for. Because am I supposed to be a leader of the industry with this individual? I don't know because at the end of the day, what it comes down to is that that is one of my heart's desires. That is one of my heart's desires. And the Lord said he's going to fulfill all of my heart's desires as well as wisdom in order to lead his people and guide his people correctly. But he also said that we're going to be raptured in my lifetime. And he said that he's going to protect me from my abusive relationship. He's going to keep that from happening to me. Then with my family, growing up, the wisdom I received growing up before the Lord ever bestowed wisdom upon me was never give up on family. They're all your, they're always going to be your family. They all you got. So I'm not trying to give up my family. I'm not trying to let my family go. So why does it feel like my future consists of having to let them go? Is that truly what the Lord want? Because that's also one of my heart's desires. For me and my family to have been, to have made it and to be eating together, never having to let go of my family. I don't want to be estranged from my family. So that doesn't add up. But, you know, this individual saying they love me more than anybody in my life has ever loved me. I never believed it when they said it. It felt like it, but I didn't believe them because people say that when they are abusive, people say that when they want you to abandon everybody else and depend on only them so that they can do whatever they want to do to you. And you don't have anybody around you that will check their behavior. And I know better than that. But so a lot of times abusive men are going to want to get rid of everybody who would ever tell you to wake up and think clearly to recognize what they're doing to you. And, you know, be smarter about it. You don't need them. They don't love you more than everybody in your life has ever loved you. No, they don't. And how could they ever know that anyways? How can you know how, how could you know how deep a love for somebody? How could you know how deep the love for, that somebody has for me could be? That is more than, that you have more of it than anybody else. Anyone who tells you that. Never having really known that is such a liar. That's just like saying I'm the smartest person in the world. I know everything. Nobody knows everything but God. Nobody loves you more than anybody in your life but God. Nobody loves you more than anybody who has ever known you but God. So, I've never trusted that. Like, there's just a blatant, bold-faced lie. But maybe they weren't being literal. Maybe they were just saying, you know, I've shown more love for you. I've shown more regard for your life. I've shown more, you know, care and, you know, more um, sympathy for you, your life and love, I guess, for your life than anybody who is in your life has ever done. 
And I didn't never believe it when they first said it. I'm like, that I don't know. It seemed so believable, but it just didn't add up. But then after the vision, a year later, things in that vision are being are happening. The way my family betrayed me beyond like it can never go back to how it was. These things are happening now. These things are manifesting now. So I don't know what to do because it's saying this is set in stone. There's nothing nobody could ever do to to change or stop this from happening. And it's like, if it's really true, then it means I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to stress whether it's going to happen or not. Because if it's really going to happen like that, no matter what, nothing that nobody can do to stop that, then, you know, we just have to be patient and wait and let time tell. Let time reveal all things. Let God reveal all things. But if, of course, it's not meant to happen, then I have to do everything that I can to right now in this process, you know, use a spirit of wisdom and discernment, exercise a spirit of wisdom and discernment correctly to reveal all of those different things. So this is why I'm fighting for my family. I won't give up on them. And everybody's saying, you're so stupid. You take all this from your family. You should have been abandoning your family. You should have been left them after all that they had done to you. You know, they wouldn't have had a problem leaving you, which is why they tried to kill you. And they're laughing in your face. Every single time you choose them, every single time you're willing to suffer because of your family, they are laughing in your face. They do not care how they hurt you, what they take you through. They think it's funny. They don't care for you. And if you would have died, they wouldn't have even carried your casket. And... These things are being revealed spiritually, and it's adding up to what that vision has shown me. And this person did show up when everybody else abandoned me, and they all talked about me, and they all they all made me look like I was, you know, so wicked and so, you know, nasty, so disgusting, not even worth love. But at the end of the day, they knew that, you know, they had set a lot of this stuff up to cover up all the things that they had done to me. And this is how far people will go. People will really kill you to bury their secrets. They try to kill me to bury their secrets. I don't care what nobody say. That's what happened. At the end of the day, I understand. It's a lot of stuff that is going to have to be figured out. A lot of things still need to be revealed. Satan is such a liar. But I do remember them saying it. I heard them. They was like... She's too good. They was like, that's the worst thing you ever done. I'm like, why you make it sound like it's so good? It's like, it is. It's not even bad. And it was like, let's kill her. And they literally proceeded to try and kill me every single day and still are trying to get me to commit suicide. They're accepting money from people who are definitely telling them every day, we're going to kill her. You're working with these people who are trying to kill me, but you're calling yourself my family. And then, you know... The wisdom is that family will do you bad, but they'll never do you worse than people out here in these streets. And it's like, they'll kill you. They'll take you off this earth. How much worse can people out here really do you? But the fact of the matter is, I don't even have to ask that question. Because I know that there's things worse than death. And, you know, living with a, you know, two-faced wolf in sheep clothing that is abusive 
and using you for your power, never having truly loved you, pulling you away from the people who really do for the rest of your life, might be one of those things that's worse than death. So, I don't know. I don't know how to feel because the way that I'm tortured every single day, it is worse than death. I wish for death because how I'm tortured every day. I do not deserve to be raped and beat and my life threatened. They're trying to get me to commit suicide. They are doing everything that hurts me the most, like abusing children. <sighs> Man. Gay. Having sex with anybody that, you know, I care for. Anybody I care for in order to abuse and hurt me. Raping me every day. You know, everything that I go through. It just don't make sense. It don't make sense. But I got to trust that the Lord got this figured out for me on my behalf. And on my behalf, the Lord, you know, got this figured out for me. But the fact of the matter is, real life tell you that sometimes this stuff do happen like that. People end up in situations like this. Good people even. They end up in these situations with these individuals that do not love them, that, that, that live in you know, have chosen them specifically for the reason to torture them for every second of their life for the rest of their life just because they can or just because they felt like it, you know, just because that's who they're deciding to be. I don't want to be one of those people. And that's what it sounded like my brother was saying. You're not going to be one of those people. I'm not going to let you be one of those people. I'm not going to let this individual decide to do that to you for the rest of your life just because they just because they can, because they can't. And so I'm choosing my family. But still, you know, I can forgive my family. I can move forward, I think. But they keep trying to kill me. Like, they're still trying to keep me from my destiny. They're still trying to hold me back in life. You know, it feel like common sense, let it go. You know, let it go. Whatever it is, give it up. But I can't. What am I supposed to do? You know, I can't just give up on my destiny. That's not fair to me. And if my family requires me to do that, doesn't that mean that they don't really love me? Because I would never require them to give up their destiny in order to show their love for me. Unless, of course, their destiny is taking mine or keeping me from mine. So... If, of course, they never are meant to keep me from my destiny anyways, then what's the fighting for? It just don't seem like it add up or make sense. But I don't want to be with this person. And, you know, there is a prophecy stating that this person is going to be shot dead in the middle of the street. So maybe I won't end up with them anyways. And what about the rapture? You know, will I even have a full life here? If we're supposed to be raptured in my lifetime, when are we going to be raptured? At what point do are we raptured? You know, and how possible, how is it possible that all my heart's desires will be fulfilled even before the rapture happens? But the Lord said that I will do everything I've ever dreamed of doing. Excuse me, and I will retire early because I'm a phenomenal woman. I know that I am because I'm still fighting these things off my family after everything they've done to me, everything I've gone through. I'm still choosing the Lord. That's phenomenal.